we say it always when uh, we're blessed with the music. It was beautiful and appropriate. And I thank God. Um, it's good to see you all today. It's been a long week for me. This message has been on my heart, flowing through my veins, and coming out in many ways all week. So I praise God for his word and what it does in the life of his children. And um, what it's done for me this week has been miraculous. So I pray that today we're touched and um, we're changed. And Barbara, is she here? She's not here. Good. Because... Uh, that you can call that timing, or <laughs> I won't go there. <laughs> but she stole my thunder last time, and I have a good memory. <laughs> and I, um, and obviously, I don't forgive very easily either. <laughs> but um, I've been blessed because three times in a row, I didn't know who was singing today. The last time I spoke, Randy sang. The time before, Sylvia. And this time, Shelly. So what does that mean, Barbara? Shush. <laughs> that, that means that my dad, Ada, was singing for me next time. <laughs> Amen, brother? Well, if the Lord wills, I think you would. So we'll pray that it's the Lord's will. Let's open up because, um, like I said, this has been a great week. I was praying about a message, and the message was about encouragement, and then had a couple passages I wanted to read. And then came across this, um, it's, a, it's a passage that a lot of people know about. It's in uh, Mark chapter uh, 4. And we're going to go to verse 35. What I love about this scripture is uh, we're going to mark 4.35, is that it's in three of the Gospels, this story. And um, I read it in Matthew, read it in Mark, read it in Luke. And the it really blessed me the uh, way it was written in Mark because it just seemed to just hit the heart a little harder. And I pray that it does that for you today. I'm going to read, it's a living testament because I think as we listen to this scripture, I think it kind of goes in a little deeper. So please listen intently. We only have a few minutes together and we're all here because the Lord has allowed us to be here, and obviously we came to get something, and I pray that the Lord has something for us. So um, let's read, but before we do, let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you that you've allowed all of us to be here in your presence. We thank you that you care so much about us 
that you're so interested in each of our lives. And most of all, you're interested in our, our salvation, Lord, our relationship with you. We pray that those that are here that have a relationship with you, that that relationship today would be strengthened. We pray that if there are those here today that don't know you, that they would be encouraged to choose you, to accept you, and to be changed by you, Lord, and to leave here today a new person. We pray that your word will go out with power. Amen. Okay, it's a great, 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 great story. And stories are wonderful for all of us because we can relate. We all have a story. We come here today with a story. And when you think about a story, you think there has to be a beginning and an end to the story. And where are we in relation to our story? Each of us can answer that question. But this is where these men were in their story. This day, I think they were changed forever. It says, as evening fell, and like I said, I'm reading from the living, so bear with me. As evening fell, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took him just as he was and started out, leaving the crowds behind, though other boats followed. But soon a terrible storm arose. High waves began to break into the boat until it was nearly full of water and about to sink. Jesus was asleep at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Frantically, they wakened him, shouting, Teacher, don't you even care that we are all about to drown? Then he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Quiet down. And the wind fell, and there was a great calm. And he asked them, Why were you so fearful? Don't you even yet have confidence in me? And they were filled with awe and said among themselves, Who is this man that even the winds and the seas obey him? There's a lot, of, a lot in that, isn't it? There's a lot of blessings in that. The Lord really encouraged me to try to preach a message of um, encouragement. Because the storms come and they go. And we all are dealing with the storms in some matter right now. It could be a small storm, a medium, a large storm. And I don't know if we've read this section of Scripture and understood what Jesus was actually doing here. Because if you go to the first verse... The more I studied it, the more I just got more blessings out of this subject. Because, first of all, it was dark. Think about this. It was, it was a dark evening. And 
Jesus took them. Jesus said, let's go to the other side of the lake. Think about that. Who was Jesus? In the beginning was the word. And who was the word? Jesus. Does Jesus know all things? Does he? When he said, let's go to the other side, did he know there was a storm coming? Either he brought it or he allowed it. We'll find out when we get to heaven. But did he know about it? Amen. He knew about it. So if Jesus said, let's go to the other side of the lake because we have work to do and then falls asleep. He's saying, whoa, boy, there's a message there. He knows there's a storm coming. He knows that the boat is going to be almost full because the new king or the King James Version said that um, the ship was so. It was the ship was so that it was now full. It says that the ship was full of water. Which means that it had come down pretty quickly or it been coming down for a while. And I can imagine. Can you imagine with me today that you're in the storm? You're with Jesus. And what's happening? He's sleeping. The winds are coming in like crazy. And the rain is coming down and the boat is rocking and the waves are coming into the boat. And I've been in boats many times because I'm a fisherman. And these were experienced fishermen. So they knew how to manage many situations like this. But all of a sudden, the boat is starting to get full. And all their ways of handling the situation is starting to be expired. They're trying this and trying that because they had an experience with storms. They were fishermen. They tried this and they tried that and they tried this and they tried that. And the boat was still filling up. They were frightened. They were actually falling apart, if you can imagine. Look into their eyes. Think about how they felt. And then Jesus is sitting over in the back of the boat, sleeping like a baby. So when I read the story and I thought about that, I thought, God, you know all things. You knew there was a storm coming. And I had to ask myself, why? And I want you to ask yourself today, why? Why does Jesus bring the storm into our lives sometimes? Or allow it? Because either way, he's in charge. He's in charge. And everyone here who knows him as your Savior, you know your God is in charge, isn't he? Is he in charge? You know, if I was Charles Stanley, what would I say? If you're listening, say amen. amen. But I'm not Charles Stanley, so you can just nod your head. But, you know, please listen. This is a blessing. Jesus knew about the storm. He either brings it, those who don't know him, he brings it to drive us to him. I'm repeated. If we don't know him, he allows storms to come in to cause us to come to him. 
Because we keep trying and trying and trying and trying to solve our problems as I did as a, as a non-believer. I tried and tried and tried. And then the word was spoken to me. It was preached to me. It was given to me. And I believed. And Jesus solved my storm. And now I'm changed. But today, if you don't know him, you can't get rid of the storm. Without Jesus, you can't get rid of the storm. The storm will rage and will rage and the boat will fill and the boat will fill. And because of Jesus, the boat did not sink. But there are many people who don't accept him and the boat sinks. And they go to be to hell without him. So he's preaching. This word is preaching to people who don't know him. It's a good story about a storm. And if you're here today and you don't know him, just listen. Then you have people here that, um, that know him. And he's bringing the storm to bring you back to him because you left. And each person has to evaluate your own heart. Where are you with him today? If you don't have a storm, I remember Sylvia saying years ago in a Bible study I was in, and I was having a great life. The Lord had blessed me nine years ago this month, and everything was going great. And I remember saying in one of her messages, the storm has come. I don't care who you are. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I don't want to hear that. Because I'm thinking, the way you're taking me, Lord, this is great. I'm going up and up and up and up and up. And everything is wonderful. Salesman of the month, every month, top 50 in the nation in sales, four years in a row. My life is just heaven. I don't want any storms. And I don't really can't, I don't think I can handle it. (laughs) And she said it, and I thought, no way. And then last year, I mean, we've had a few storms, but last year, around this time, next month, actually, September the 4th, one week before September 11th, I had a cardio, uh, pl- uh, angioplasma. And I had a left descendant artery that was 98% blocked, and I went into the hospital. That was a storm, wasn't it? It wasn't a storm for you. It was a storm for me. Because I'm laying in the hospital, and I'm thinking, this could be it. And I really thought that. But it's amazing that I had a peace. But that was a storm. And whatever the Lord was doing, amen. I'm thankful. And, but the storms do come. Then the storms come on Christians who are walking with the Lord closely. And what are they for? To bring you closer to him. So amen to that. So no matter who we are, what we're dealing with, the storm is coming. But the reason for the storm is all relative to where you are with your walk with the Lord. And right now, I want to encourage us as a family of God to be thankful for the storm. Isn't that tough? And that's where I was last week. I was thinking about the message, walking around work, thinking about situations that I was dealing with. There were a few that were difficult. Work in areas that I had, that I was thinking about and concerned about. 
And the Lord said, we talked about this message, me and the Lord. And I said, Lord, show me this message in my life. Where am I? And he caused me to realize that I wasn't trusting him as much as I thought I was. And that there was a little storm here and there. And the Lord says, just try me, Ron. Try me. Try me. He told me to trust him in the storm. And that's what he did for these apostles here today, on this day. He basically calmed the sea. But look at their reaction. And I ask you today, what is your reaction to the storm? What is it? Are you having a storm? What is your reaction? And I want to talk about just three things. Submit, rejoice, and glorify. And one of the things that I want to mention that is relative to the story is submit. Are we submitting it to the Lord? Are we? I read a couple of verses that I'll share with you. It says, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. A righteous man may have troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. And that's in Psalms 34, 19. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Do we believe those verses? That's just a couple. And one of my favorite verses is in 1 Peter. 1 Peter 5 says, Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares about you. Submit. Do you know what it says in the Amplified? It says, casting the whole of your care, the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, once and for all, on him. He cares for you affectionately, and he cares about you watchfully. And when we say submit, the Lord is saying, give me your problem. Give me your trouble. Another version says, let him have all your worries and cares, for he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. And when we think about the storms, the storms come and the storms go. But are we submitting it to the Lord? Are we giving it to the Lord? Our brother Mike has been dealing with the situation for a year plus to look for a job. Mark, I mean, Mike, have you had to submit it to the Lord every single day without understanding how the Lord was working? Submit it to the Lord. It means give it to the Lord. Lord, I'm giving it to you. And I'm 
leaving it with you. The apostles that day freaked out. They freaked out. They said, can you imagine? They looked Jesus as he was sleeping there and they said, don't you care about me? Can you imagine that? Us looking at our God and when we question him, we actually say that. When we actually question him and say, God, I can't believe this has happened to me. I can't believe this is happening to our uh, assembly, that somebody's like Jessica is going through this difficulty. I can't believe this is happening here. I can't believe I can't pay my rent. I can't believe my husband is doing this. I can't believe my wife is doing this. I can't believe my child is doing this. And the Lord says, well, give it to me. Submit it to me. Trust me. Trust me. Throughout the whole scriptures, the Lord is telling us over and over and over, trust me. Why? Because I will do it. He said, let there be light. And what? There was light. He said, let there be expanse between night and day. And there was expanse between night and day. He said, let this person get healed. And they got healed. Let the blind man see. The blind man saw. The crippled walked. The leopard was healed. Let there be whatever. And it happened. He said, cast all your burdens, your cares, your worries, everything that concerns you, everything. Put it on my table and be quiet and just trust me because I am God. And he told me that this week and I had to deal with it in a way I never thought about it before. I thought, Lord, I've been casting, but I've been taken. I'm casting, but I'm bringing it back in. He said, cast it. Cut the line. Leave it with me. And be quiet and go around. And the next thing I was going to say is and rejoice because you gave it to me. And that's where he took me to. And I thought, oh, Lord, what do you mean rejoice? Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. And I love my brother Mike said, and it says what? Again, I say rejoice. Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. Why does he say it again? He said, because I know I got to remind you again, because you're going to forget. Rejoice always. Oh, man, what happened? Um, um, you know, but Lord, you didn't do it the way I thought you would do it. You didn't solve this problem the way I thought you should solve it. You didn't save my husband. It's been a year. It's been a, two years. It's been 10 years. And he's still walking this way. Lord said, did you submit it to me? Now, since you submitted it to me and you gave it to me, God, the creator of the universe, the one that looked at the storm and said, shush, and the storm died. And the waters calm. Like that. Just like that. And he did it. The blind man, he didn't wait for two hours and say, okay, drink this, go out and do this, and then go home and eat this food for like a month and then you'll be healed. God said no. He said, be it done as unto your faith. And he was healed. He looked at the storm and he said, be still. He actually told the storm, shut up. And muzzled it. Some of the scriptures say muzzled it. Put a muzzle on it. And the storm said, I will obey. This is the creator. 
So he said, give me your troubles. And what did they do? They were there and they had some faith. We don't know how much faith they had. I bet they had a little faith because the boat was full of water. So I bet it was coming down and you had them looking at each other and maybe a couple of them had a little more faith than others. And they're thinking, well, you know, we don't need to wake him up yet because I think we can handle it. He's going to help us. And they're maybe probably dumping water out of the boat, panicking a little bit. But then after a while, it got to be where it didn't make sense to them. They could not understand what was happening. And we get to that point, don't we, where the situation gets out of hand, where we don't understand anymore what's going on. It's like, Lord, wait a minute. It's 1159 and I have to pay that bill by midnight. What is going on? Are you going to come through or not? Don't you care about me? Don't you care for my husband? My child is going crazy. They're out of control. I've prayed to you already, God. I've asked you yesterday, last week, the year before, and what have you done for me, God? And God says, just wait. Why did he let them wait till the last minute? He was testing their faith. Plus, he was working on that faith muscle. And he does it with us. Amen to that. Just think if I was a doctor and I went to, you know, level one of operating on people and whatever they do. You know, when I did this class and I'm operating in level one and it's like, OK, I mastered level one. Next semester, I got level one again. Oh, wow. I'm really mastering level one. And then the next time, level one. Then the next time, level one. Then the next time, level one. And then I graduate and then I get level two operation. I want a real person. What's going to happen? I'm not prepared because I've just been given the same thing over and over. Haven't had to stretch. Haven't had to do anything more. Haven't had any struggle, any difficulty to wake me up, to cause any power in my life, any, any, any stretching in my life, any, any falling down flat on my face and begging the Lord to help me in my life. Because when the storms comes, it's designed by the Lord to take us to the Savior. He said, come to me, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He didn't say, come to me who are happy, and I'll give you happiness, because you already have it. He said, come to me when you're hurting, when you have pain, when you have sorrow, when you have difficulty, when you're struggling. And I'll take care of you. Cast all your concerns, your everything that concerns you. When he says everything that concerns you, why do we leave out certain things? God's not interested in that. Well, yes, he is. He says everything that concerns you. Everything. Give it to me. Because what? Because I care. I care for you. And I'm going to bring a storm to make you do it. And if you haven't had the storm, I'm going to tell you today, and you can tell me down the road, each of you, Ron, you told me the storm was coming because it is coming. If you don't have it today, it's coming. And I want you to say right now with me, amen. Amen Amen for storms. Why? Because storms bring us closer to God. So he had me last week saying amen to storms. And I felt like an idiot inside because it didn't make sense. But God said, Ron, rejoice. Why can you rejoice? Because 
I'm in the storm with you. And I'm not sleep. And I love the fact that says he's sleeping because Jesus doesn't sleep. When he's in our life, he's not sleeping. I want you to know that. He's awake. And he's concerned. And he's looking out for us. And he's watching us as we take our turns and we go our ways and we're struggling with our issues. And he cares about every little detail. And he will come through and calm the storm. But what does he ask us to do? First of all, submit to him. Give it to him. Trust him. Walk with him closely. Love him. Read his scripture. Get counsel. Trust the Lord. Come to meetings. Be built up. Read your scriptures. Get on your knees and pray. He's asking us to do those things. But most of all, he's asking us, just trust me. Do we love him? If we love him, we'll trust him. And we'll obey him. Listen to this. It is the night that lets us measure ourselves. We cannot know self by day. Affliction, if Spurgeon said, Spurgeon said this, affliction frequently opens truth to us and opens us to truth. Affliction frequently opens truth to us and opens us up to truth. We need to be opened and then the truth can come in. And affliction does that. Difficulty does that. Problems do that. Struggles do that. I read about an interesting story. It says there's a marvelous picture in the National Gallery of Christ. Christ is hanging, um, actually National Gallery, Christ is hanging on a cross in dense darkness. And at first, that is all you see is Christ hanging there. But as you peer through the background, gradually there stands another form in the background. Hard to see, but if you look closely, you see it. God's form. And other hands supporting Christ. God's hands. God's hands and another face. God's face. More full of agony than even the Savior's. The presence of sufficiency, the sympathy of God. So behind Christ on the cross, God's there. Right behind him, but you've got to look closely. And he's there with more sympathy than the Savior, holding him. And that's what he's doing for us. Whatever we're dealing with, God's there behind us in the background. And if you look closely, you'll see him. And you'll see his face. And you'll realize he's holding us up. And he's there. And he's waiting. What is he waiting for? He's waiting for us to submit. And he's waiting for us to rejoice. He wants us to be so trusting of him. When he says to them, don't you even yet have confidence in me? You know what he's saying? He's saying, Ron, I've showed you already what I can do in your life. 
Don't you yet have confidence in me? It's not that I'm just starting off showing you blessings. I've showed you already. I've showed you through believers in the church who come in on Mondays and mention their prayer requests answered. I've showed you. I've showed you that I care about the body of Christ. I showed you already. Don't you get it yet? I presented a picture of how I work in believers' lives over and over and over with you and with other believers. Don't you get it yet? That's what he said to them. I showed you already. Did you see that blind man that I healed? The cripple walked. He said, I showed you already what I do, that I'm God. Don't you get it yet? Don't you have faith yet? And each of us, I want us all to ask the question, don't we get it yet? Hasn't he showed us? And God is saying, well, how many times do I have to show you the blessing? How many times do I have to encourage you to keep your eyes on me? How many times do I have to beg and plead with you to submit to me, to know I'm not sleeping in the boat? I'm with you to the end. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And not just think about it, but believe it and rejoice. How can you rejoice always? There's no way you can rejoice unless you believe God. There's no way. You have to believe him and say, I know my Savior is going to take care of me. I don't care how it looks. That verse in the scriptures about the peace that surpasses all human understanding has always blessed me. You know why it's blessed me? Because it doesn't make sense. I'll say it again. It doesn't make sense. The peace God gives us does not make sense. Not in the world. How can you have peace when you have cancer? How can you have peace when things are falling apart in your life? Surpasses all human understanding. The only way you can have peace is because you believe. You believe that your God can calm the storm. And you're willing to wait for him. And you'll do whatever he's asked you to do in the meantime. And what he asks you to do, first of all, submit, rejoice. And the last thing is glorify my name. Because if you submit and you rejoice, who gets the glory? Jesus gets the glory. And you can point people to the Savior and say, there he is. He's the reason I'm rejoicing. He's the reason that I'm looking good in spite of my circumstances. He's the reason I have peace. I am glorifying Jesus because I'm standing tall because I believe my God. I believe him, and it's clear in my countenance that I am born again and living a life that is truly, truly blessing to other people, to my family, to my friends. And people are encouraged and drawn to the Savior, and he gets the glory. We submit and we rejoice, and Jesus gets the glory. And people get to see our Savior as he truly is, instead of how some of us make him look because of our lack of our commitment to following him or our lack of faith. He is saying today, do you have the faith yet? How many times do I have to show you before you'll say, I'm going to trust you no matter what I'm dealing with? 
no matter what the obstacle is, I know you're in charge. You either brought it or you allowed it. And I know you'll take care of me no matter what. And not think it here, but know it here. Not think it, but know it. And knowledge is different. When you know something, it's different than believing. Knowing is different. You walk around not even thinking about it anymore. You know it. And it's beautiful, isn't it? Isn't it wonderful just knowing Jesus is here with you and he's going to take care of you no matter what? It gives us reassurance. And the world needs to see that reassurance. It is insanity that's happening right now around the world. And as Christians, we can go around being lights. If you know him today, please leave here with the one thought. Trust our Savior. Don't look our Savior in the eye and say, did you forget about me? When are you going to come through? I can't believe you're not blessing me. I can't believe you're not doing this in my life. Look at him and say, I trust you, Lord, and I'm rejoicing because you're in my life. And if we don't know him today, this is your opportunity. You shouldn't leave here without him. And all you have to do is just confess. I'm a sinner, Lord. I know you love me. And I'm going to believe in you today. I'm going to make a decision that I'm going to accept you as my Lord and Savior. Invite you into my heart. And when I go back out in the world and deal with the storms, now I have somebody in the boat with me. And he's not sleeping. Because Jesus is awake. I pray that you have a little bit of the encouragement that I've gotten from these verses. Because they didn't just touch my mind. They touched my soul. Because it's true. Jesus is there with us. And we can leave here today knowing that no matter what we're dealing with, Our responsibility is to trust him, no matter what, to believe him because he said it. If he said it, I believe it. And as my kids say, and that settles it for me. Amen to that. That just settles it for me. Let's bow. Now, this is an opportunity for anyone here today I'd like everybody to bow and close their eyes, but this is an opportunity. The Savior is always calling. Messages like this, I pray that uh, you were touched if you know him. And if you don't know him, I pray that today you would make a decision. And the decision just needs to be, Lord, I'm tired of dealing with the storms on my own. I haven't been able to do anything. They keep coming. They keep causing their devastation, and I keep trying things, and it keeps failing. Lord, I ask you today to come into my heart. If there's anyone here today that would like to pray that prayer and invite Jesus into their heart so that he can be with them, and wherever they go, whatever storms they face, he'll be there right with them. I can pray for you, but you need to make a decision and put your hand up and right back down. It doesn't have to be 
anything more than that. Just hand up and down, and I will pray for you. Remember, this is, uh, this is an opportunity to have the Savior in your heart. And when he's in your heart, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So he doesn't go away. He stays. Anyone here today? And for us Christians, please, I beg you, leave here knowing that the Savior is with you. No matter what you're dealing with, leave here knowing that he will go and take care of any situation you might be dealing with and that you can trust him. When the storms come, Jesus is awake. We need to rest in that and trust him. And Lord, I praise your name that we're here today and I praise your name that you have so many encouraging messages in your book, in your wonderful Bible, Lord. And I pray for all those in attendance today, Lord, that your word would not just go out in the void, but go into hearts and change hearts and change lives and cause people to get closer to the Savior and to depend on him more and to love him more and to trust him more. And, Lord, we thank you for this day and all that you provide us in Jesus' name. Amen.